Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash World Talk Radio or search for us at keyword World Talk Radio. The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. ready to pump your energy and jumpstart your dreams with positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio on the world's most popular power hour, Star Style. Be the star you are. The Oprah of the airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, and her sidekick daughter, Heather Brittany, deliver lessons of success spanning the generations of the globe in their information-packed Tea for Two, a mother-daughter brew. In other segments, Cynthia interviews real-life trailblazers, authors, and experts with the courage and vision who show you how to build a road to fulfillment through their unique books and services. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll be informed and entertained. For your free lifestyle empowerment coaching session right here on the airwaves, turn up the volume, relax, sit back, and get ready to be inspired. Because Star Style, Be the Star You Are, starts right now. Well, it is playtime here in our backyard. Welcome, party partners, to Radio's Finest Hour of Power, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. My name is Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And we are the dynamic duo, the mother-daughter team, the goddess gals. And we are here to help you learn to love, to laugh, to listen. And we want you to live your dreams through New books and positive media. We are a show about following your heart, and we are bubbling with optimism and enthusiasm. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by Star Style Productions, coaching you to be the star of your own life. For more information on getting your private consultation or booking for speaking engagements, please call 925-377-7827 or visit starstyle.us. And this is from Mario Andretti, race car driver. Desire is the key to motivation, and it's the determination and commitment to an unrelenting pursuit of your goal, a commitment to excellence that enables you to attain the success you seek. So I do love that because a commitment to excellence is what we're about. And one of the reasons I chose this miracle moment by the race car great Mary Andretti is because one of the key topics today in our show is teen driver safety, which Heather and I are going to be addressing in T for Two coming right up. Also on our schedule today, you're going to meet teenage author Michaela Durfee with her new book, The Blue Roses of Texas. If you can imagine, she started writing a book when she was 11, and it is really, she's going to be a young writer to watch. She really is talented with her pen. And we are also going to go into the summer garden to dig deep, to shimmer, shine, sizzle, and shoot. So lots of fun today on Star Style. Be the star you are. We hope you are all being your stars that you are meant to be. So are your teens awake at the wheel? The distractions that are associated 
with cell phone usage while driving add directly to the risk of joining the 5,474 people who were killed, plus the 448,000 who were seriously injured in the United States on roadways back in 2009. Now, teen drivers are the largest culprits of taking their hands, their eyes, and their minds off the wheel as they text, they talk, and they tune out. So put it down, says parents, police, and politicians, because distracted driving has reached epidemic proportions. And how can we protect ourselves, our loved ones, our teens while driving? Well, Heather and I are going to be talking about the dialing and the texting of uh, cell phones and teen driver safety today because it only takes um, a second of your focus gone. And it actually takes five seconds to dial or to text on a cell phone out of six, and it takes 1.5 to react. And then that's when you crash. So, Heather, <laughs> what can we do? What is it? I mean, teen driver safety has always been an issue, but it's more of an issue now because of the ubiquitous use of cell phones and the prevalence of texting today. So what are some of the yeah, things that and we can do? In many states, um, you know, prior before it used to be, you know, the radio or talking, you know, or doing things, you know, that would be distracting to you when you were in the car. Now it's cars are distractions on their own. If you don't have, you know, the cell phone on within the car, there's those built-in TVs. There's, you know, the the free the the text where you can uh, talk with someone even when you don't have it's hands-free. And some states have actually outlawed. Um, talking on the cell phones, and then that led to, of course, an increase in texting. Um, and then they've, in uh, many states, including California, has made texting while driving illegal. And it's Well, I think 31 states actually have banned texting, and California has banned all cell phone use by teenagers. I mean, all cell phone use, because their inexperience makes teens the most vulnerable of, of all the groups. Yeah, well, something I always find is if you ever are at a stoplight, look around you, and you will see everyone's looking down, everyone's secretly texting. Um, I can admit I've done it before. Um, it's really interesting you look around that even though it's technically made illegal now, um, people are still finding ways to do it. And, and as you're saying, is that it is distractive driving. What is it that this need that we constantly need to be in such communication with someone that um, we can't, you know, withhold that thought until we've gotten to our destination or whatever it may be. And especially teens are at risk. Teens are totally, as you said, you know, they're plugged in, but they're tuned out. Everything, the cell phones, the computers, Blackberries, all that kind of stuff. And statistics have shown that more accidents occur within um, an individual, especially teenagers' first year of driving. And a lot, you know, teens, there's um, studies have shown that different uh, consequence, the way our brain processes information and the thought of consequences. When we get older, we reflect back on things we did and we see the consequence of it. We think, oh my gosh, I'm, I can't believe I did that. I would never do it. But when you're at a certain age, your brain doesn't process the information like that. And so studies have shown that teen drivers are actually more of risk takers that they underestimate dangerous situations, um, they're more likely to speed, they're more likely to um, not give enough room in between cars. And like all things, uh, something people should keep in mind when driving just as a general rule, 
for every 10 miles an hour you're going is how a car length behind you should be from someone. So when you're on the freeway going 60 miles an hour, you should be six cars, six car lengths behind that person. Now, as you see, people are always, you know, tailgating people and cutting in front of them. But as you said, it's just if you're slamming on the brakes suddenly, that's going to cause an accident. And something that, you know, really resonates with me when I was uh, looking into this kind of whole distracted driving and, you know, teens and how to get that going, something that hit home for me was when I was a teenager, I was in an accident because I fell asleep at the wheel. And so many studies, sleep is, it's surprisingly, it's nearly just as dangerous, if not more, um, than drunk driving. That drowsiness driving is, a complete thing, and something I was reading is that people that they say drowsiness is actually the last step before falling asleep. It's not the first step. So it means that you're just seconds away from falling asleep. And just think of it at night how you don't really know when you're about to fall asleep. You're laying there, you're thinking things, and the next thing you know, you're waking up in the morning. It's just sort of an instant thing. And so often people try to fight that, that they're driving, you know, and they're kind of yawning, nodding off. And tricks that do not work, um, you know, do not be playing loud music or opening a window, those are just going to kind of give you brief moments, but that's not going to keep you awake. And though caffeine is thought to, that's, that may keep you more alert after you've taken a nap, but it's not going to sustain you. And in all these studies, you know, according to the National uh, Sleep Foundation, signs of drive, drowsiness while you're driving to be you know, if you're already fighting it, that you're turning up the radio, rolling down the window, um, playing loud music, yawning, rubbing your eyes, feeling restless, feeling aggressive, these are signs when you know you should be off the road. Um, and actually, uh, something that's good, you know you're having a long road trip coming up, if you're able to sleep seven to nine hours is what people are recommended to sleep every night. And here in America, we're that go, 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 go. And especially with teenagers, with school, with computers, with cell, with cell phones, um, it's really important you know, to get that amount of sleep. Or also a big thing is if you're ever driving, um, if you feel tired, if you feel that drowsiness, as I said, drowsiness is a last sign before you're about to fall. It's not a first. Um, if you're feeling that feeling, pull over. Just those quick little surges. I was just going up. to say that, Heather, about pulling over because especially now with many teens getting ready to perhaps drive to colleges or, you know, drive distances or even for the holidays, that if you are tired, you need to pull over. You need to take a break and, and take a rest and make sure you do it in a safe spot. Exactly. And and actually, the Sleep Foundation um, said, uh, you know, recorded that for long car trips, anytime they say every 200 miles you drive, now saying that, let's, let's say you're driving across the state, so you have a 700 or 500 you know, mile drive, for every 200 miles, pull over in, you know, the, the rest areas or, you know, a gas station and take a 15 to 20 minute nap. Just that quick little power surge will get you, you know, sort of like all things during the day, taking a quick little cat nap. Because the more we try to push it off and rest it, we're just, as again, we're just sort of running, just like all things like a car or fuel, we're running out of fuel and we're going to be on those fumes. And so your body is trying to tell you, trying to give you those signs before you just nod off. And I well, and, and, to pu- and to add to that is also to take a, a meal break, too, because when you are running out of fuel, 
that also means that you probably need to eat something because your glycemic level is dropping. And that is another thing, especially with young people and eating a lot of different, you know, junk food, et cetera. You do need to stop and eat something. And those as well as, you know, those energy drinks and all that, that those can give quick sugar, but again, that there's so much going into those that a lot of times people will have a crash and that will make them even more exhausted and kind of unaware of their surroundings. Um, so sometimes they say that, you know, if, if you feel when you're driving that, you know, you're missing exits, you feel irritable, um, you know, you're yawning, you're drifting in out of lane, is that those are really signs you need to get off the road. And, and main things, you know, before, before taking any time these road trips, um, you know, First thing, if you're ever taking a long trip, I recommend having someone there with you. One that can help you regarding navigational wise, but two, you can take you can take turns uh, driving as well. There's just someone that can keep you awake. Someone well, and also the you know what's also recommended with driving tips is again getting back to the cell phone usage is if you have somebody with you, you can have them do the dialing or them do the texting, you know, them do the message taking so that you are putting your full focus on the road because there's more people on the roads and that even though you might have a hands-free device, if you're talking on the phone or you're brushing your hair or you're putting on your mascara or whatever these things that all of us have done, you're not paying 100% attention to who's in front of you, behind you, or coming towards you. It com- completely. It's all it's distractive drivers is what takes away the things that we always, what is it that, especially in America, that we have this need, we need to be constantly doing so many things. I recently just had a friend come back for, who's been living in Italy, and she's actually returning to go back. She just came uh, for just a couple weeks to renew her visa, and uh, an interesting thing she was saying there is that the properness, that the thought of eating um, while on the go, while walking, you know, eating in your car, they, that just seems so vulgar over there. And it's kind of thought, I, I, the thought of why do we have that need that we need to be, you know, on the cell phone, fixing our makeup, you know, having our lunch, doing all this stuff while in the car, that it's just supposed to be our trans- transportational life. And that we try to think we can do so many things um, you know, in our short way of destination. And it's really, as in other T4Ts we've talked about, of um, you know how there is a benefit of multitasking, and but then sometimes there's everything's circumstantial, and there's certain times and places where by doing so much can actually be counteractive. And that's that's completely when you're driving, of trying to have so many things going on, I'm, especially when it comes to the cell phone. Um, they have all these great hands resets now. Before you, get, you know, have it in your ear, they have these things that you can plug in. their speakers in the car, so it's almost like instead of having someone um, having music coming through the radio or the speakers, it's whoever you're talking to, and you don't even have to push in the buttons. You can just say, you know, call Bob, that kind of thing, and it will it will do so. So. There's really no excuse that people should be on the phone while driving, and, and truly not that necessity. If there's something you desperately need to talk or you need to text someone, pull over and make that phone call. Pull over and make that text. Um, again, that you're saving yourself from a potential accident or someone else. It's in those split seconds, you bend down, you look at something, you're reacting. You're not reacting to what's 
ahead of you to the road. You may miss something. You may hit someone. And, you know, I was going to bring up there are several new apps available that are um, that are actually warnings and they help parents or guardians know if their teenagers are talking on the phone or texting. And there's even uh, apps out there that you can block all this stuff. So, in other words, the minute you start your engine, your phones won't work, you know, something like that. So uh, there's all of that, too. There's many things coming down the pike and things that are already uh, available to keep people safe. What what I found really interesting is that it's the under-20 age group that has the highest rate of fatalities due to distractions, and that's a 16% rate. I mean, so this is why it's really it's serious uh, business. And something also, although it's not about the money, that 50,000 tickets were uh, written in California alone just in the month of April for talking on cell phones, you know, without hands-free. And just paying those fines are anywhere from 159 to $279. So although it's not about the finances, we what we want to do is keep ourselves safe, our teens safe, our families safe, and increase our focus um, on driving because when we increase our focus, it reduces the risks of fatalities. Yeah, I mean, speaking cost-wise, something that I just thought was insane was that um, that age group, the 15 to 24, who technically only represent 14% of the entire U.S. population, account for 30% of all motor vehicle accidents and um, injury. Uh, they they account for the total cost. So each that thirty percent makes nineteen billion dollars annually in um, car related accidents and, and the cost wise and damages and see and that's no wonder that insurance. You know, I know when parents have teenagers or when when a teen turns six, depending on the state, sixteen or eighteen and starts to drive, parents cringe because of the cost of the insurance, the car insurance. But this is the reason, and it is because it is, uh, they, they generalize it, you know, over the risk of all of them. And as you just pointed out, teenagers have the highest, highest rate of accidents and the highest rate of cell phone. So we don't drink and drive, don't text and drive, don't call and drive, hands-free calling only, period, because the life you save just Maybe your own. Well, Heather, this is great information. Give out websites and just wrap it up for us. Definitely. Most definitely. If you want to check out all of our websites, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org, BeTheStarYouAre.com, as well as CarmonyClutches.com, both with a K. And when we return from a little short break, we're going to be digging deep with some summer sizzle, shine, shimmer, and shoot. So stay off your cell phone when you're driving. Stay safe. And if you have any questions about it at all, it's better to pull over. I am Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Whitney. And this is Star Style. Be the star you are. Get your gloves ready. We'll be back and we'll be in the garden. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite World Talk Radio show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. 
screen a potential employee before hiring, doing a background check to determine any criminal convictions or undisclosed problems can save you aggravation and money down the line. Dishonest employees can cause a great deal of harm to your reputation and to your bottom line. Here are a couple of ways to protect your company. Make sure to verify previous employment and educational degrees that are listed on any resume. If a job involves driving, check with the Department of Motor Vehicles in your area to determine a safety record. Drug screening has become acceptable and provides a good tool to analyze the risks of the individual being interviewed. Your company can outsource the screening process to a firm that specializes in personal screening if you don't have the manpower to do it in-house. It's far better to hire the right person the first time around than to make a serious mistake with an employee you will regret. Remember, you're the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information or on how to get a private coaching, call 925-377-7827 or visit starstyle.us. Be the star you are. Light up the flame that burns. Get a positive prescription for living and discover a cure for adversity when you make a difference in the lives of others by donating to Be The Star You Are, a 501c3 top-rated charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth through increased literacy, positive media, and tools for living. www.bethestarur.org. All donations are tax-deductible. www.bethestarur.org. Be the lucky star. You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. It's the Power Hour on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Now, back to the show with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. Well, thank you for staying with us here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, where the world comes to talk and to listen. I am your host, Cynthia Bryan. Well, Be the Star You Are, charity volunteers have been working hard to help replenish the schools, libraries, and clinics in Joplin, Missouri, with brand-new books through the program Operation Disaster Relief. Uh, Numerous authors who have been guests on the show and then just other authors who wanted to donate have been helping in the efforts by uh, giving brand-new books, and we want to thank everyone who has participated. There were 16 schools, 262 classrooms, over 13,000 children were affected by these tornadoes. And the head of the Joplin School District just wrote, uh, Be the Star You Are today. Thanks so much. You've been all so amazing. We really appreciate what you're doing, and we couldn't do it without your help. And so there's still time for you to help with Operation Disaster Relief and to get uh, get the money and books to this tornado-torn region. We have a lot more work to do. Be part of the solution to get the schools up and running by September, we would love you to go to btsya.com and make a donation today. That's 
uh, Be the Star You Are. It's the initials for it, btsya.com, and it's a tax-deductible donation. Or you can go to bethestarur.org. And I am happy to report that our longtime webmaster, Kim Carlson, has finally gotten our uh, bethestarur.org back up on Safari and Google Chrome. For some reason, when she added the information about Operation Disaster Relief, it, it closed down our website. And for almost a month and a half, we could not figure out why nobody could get online and see anything about the charity if they were using Safari or Google Chrome. And who knows what it was, but she finally figured it out and got it up and running. So you can, again, be the star you are.org. All our information is up there. So go ahead and do go and make a donation. And just so that you know, when you donate $25, we can send three brand new books. When you donate 50, we can send seven. But when you donate 100, we can send 28 brand new books. So it's a really big difference and a big jump. So we hope that you will give whatever you can, be the star you are.org. Well, this week, I had the opportunity to speak to Experience Unlimited, which is an organization sponsored by the Employment Development Department. And the Experience Unlimited is a group of unemployed professionals who are actively seeking employment. And it was really exciting to be there. I met uh, many people who are listeners of this show, and that was that was really fun because obviously I don't get to meet many of the listeners. Sometimes people email or they'll uh, make a call or, or they'll send a note saying that they like the show. But when you actually go and speak somewhere and people say, oh my gosh, I listened to your show. I love what you have to say. And, you know, and they, they give you their feedback. That is very exciting. So thank you to all of those who listen in and who actually came up and introduced themselves. And I also loved witnessing the optimism and the positive attitude of these very extremely talented, savvy, smart, experienced individuals who were unemployed. And I really want to thank them for inviting me to be their speaker. And I know without a doubt that each and every one of them is going to find their dream job very soon because they were so focused on supporting one another and getting their resumes up and running and having that positive attitude and doing what it took to get a job. And I had several people hand me their resumes, although I have no jobs that I'm hiring. You never know when somebody comes into my office and is looking for something. So again, um, experience on Limited. It was a really great, great experience for me. And I thank you and I Thank Glenn Zamarian for uh, thinking of me and, and inviting me to be there. Well, as most of you know, I am such a extreme gardener, and I write the column called Digging Deep with Cynthia Bryan. And I love being in the garden and out in the barnyard. And every spare moment I have, I, I am in those places because that is where my spirit is regenerated. This is where I get all my ideas. This is where I just feel that I am in connection with the earth and able to bring all of you so much more. So today is today's show. I wanted to shimmer, shine, and sizzle and, of course, shoot with you. So I wanted to share a few things. Now, James Matthew Berry, who was the author of Peter Pan, 
He has this wonderful quote that those who bring sunshine into the lives of others cannot keep it from themselves. And I always like to feel that I hope I am one of those people. I know a lot of people have nicknamed me Sunshine, and, and it's because I feel happy, and I, I like to be bright and shiny, but most of all, I like to help other people shine and sparkle. So it's so exciting that I finally think it's summer here in California. We have been having some nice days. It's been such a strange year, and we've had these wonderful days that are sprinkled with orange sunsets and jasmine-scented balmy nights and bushels of fresh herbs and vegetables and fruits and, and plenty full wildlife to entertain as well as antagonize everyone. But living seems to be easier in the sunshine because merriment is found outdoors in the fresh air. And I know for me, when I'm outdoors, I am just happier. I feel like sunshine. Sunshine behooves sunshine and it births more sunshine. So now that we're in August, it is the warmest month of the year and it is abundant with blooms and butterflies and bees and birds and, of course, barbecues. And for me, it's always a busy 31 days because it's filled with celebrations, remembrances, photo ops, garden parties, and delightful days of digging in the dirt. But when it comes to plant specimens, I like to keep it simple. I like vegetation that is easy to grow, no fuss, no mess. But I like a lot of color. I like fragrance. And I like a lot of foliage and a lot of green. So if a a plant fails, you've heard me say it before, it just becomes fertilizer. Failure is fertilizer. I add it to the compost bin. It's recycled and it's rebirthed into new good soil that I use in a new garden. So a favorite simple to cultivate flower is my heirloom hollyhock. And this old-fashioned stock, I have petals of pink, white, and fuchsia. The stock has been in my family for over a 100 years. And the honeybees and the bumblebees and the butterflies swarm the blooms, and they offer endless viewfinder opportunities. And when the flowers are spent, I gather the seed, I dry them, and then I scatter them in the spring because these uh, flowers or these uh, specimens they will grow to 12 feet towers that attract all the nurturing insects. And when I do garden speaking engagements and book signings, I always bring these seeds and I proudly give away these. I call them my precious jewels because I love to, as a gardener, I love to share things from my garden. And these hollyhocks are just an old-fashioned reminder of when life was simpler and there were, were those lazy, hazy days of summer because they smell great. They're also edible. So hollyhock seeds are one of my favorite things to plant. Now, the utilitarian nasturgiums are resplendent. They're cascading over planters and potagers, and they're in hues of scarlet and blood orange and yellow, and they have this beautiful aqua leaf. They adorn my salads, and they float in my lemonade, and they're peppery personality. They add pizzazz and jazz to any ordinary creation. Nasturgium flowers They uh, flower profusely until frost, so I really do uh, encourage you to grow them. And then they provide the edible art to any alfresco dining table. Some other August standouts in the gardens are star Bethlehem, hydrangea, zinnias, cannas, begonias, of course, basil, and tomatoes. Now, even though the ubiquitous impatience and petunias dress up walkways, they also 
beautify the beds, and they provide a riot of color. So don't discount these commoners. Sometimes these are the hardiest plants for our neighborhoods. And I know my camera is always busy shooting the ordinary pleasures of living, you know, what I call God's country. The wild kingdom is also thriving here on my property because I live rurally in, you know, in the hills. The other night driving into my driveway, I was greeted by six bucks and they were happily nibbling on what is supposed to be my deer resistant plantings. I do want to say there is nothing deer proof except for high fencing. You want to put in high fencing, then you'll have it. But these were really big boys, and there were two four-pointers, two three-pointers, two forked horns, and I would say there were probably three generations of males that were bonding over my blooms, and I whipped out my camera to snap, snap a photo of these living lawn ornaments, but they pranced to the hill. They were probably en route to Santa's PlayStation, so I didn't get that photo. But the next morning, there was a rafter of, tick, of turkeys, and they had ten poults, and they sunbathed on that same grassy knoll. And again, I attempted to photograph the game birds, and they sauntered, they swayed, and they took flight. But I did capture that moment. It was a little fuzzy, but I did get it. And then at my front door, there was a baby snake coiled by my planter. Now, I'm not one to shriek at serpents, so I pointed and clicked. And this is the fifth slate snake that has been sleeping and or slithering in my path in the last few days. And I do like the gopher snakes and the garter snakes and the king snakes. The rattlesnakes, you know, they rattle my world a bit because as a child growing up in Napa Valley, I encountered one too many and stepped a little bit too close too many times. Uh, snakes are beneficial as they feed on rodents and they eat gophers and moles and voles and rats and mice. However, I don't like it when they do dine on the bunnies and the birds. But B, if you find snakes in your garden, don't get rid of them. They are good for you. So, you know, the snakes are good. Just if they're a rattlesnake, stay away from them. And my birds. I love the birds. The, the birds and gardens just go together. Birds provide the movement, the song, the color to any garden scene. And in return, the garden offers them safety and shelter and food and water. Now, I had three baby robins. I think I was saying this on another show that hatched in a nest built in a wreath on my back door. And it was so delightful to watch their, the daily ministrations of the mother. She darted between the babies in the trees, foraging for food. And after many photos of these hungry babes with their mouths wide open, I actually became an active participant in their first flying lesson. So one day, as I was checking their progress, they actually decided to fly the coop. And they managed to land on my head. And it was kind of funny because I missed, you know, I actually missed the shot. The, the shot. Um, so it's, it's summer here. So you want to get out your cameras and start shooting. And our, because our, our gardens are really shimmering right now. And the animals are shining. So I want to say to you, just smile, have fun. And to live on the wild side because it is up to us to sizzle. And when we're going to take a very short break right now, and when we come back, you are going to meet the wonderful young teen who has penned the new book, The Blue Roses of Texas. She is an incredible writer. You're going to love Michaela. I am Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. We'll be right back. Don't you dare go away.
Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take World Talk Radio on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Apathy, violence, and negative messages are everyday occurrences in our country. You can be a change maker when you dare to care by supporting Be the Star You Are Charity, a 501c3 that empowers women, families, and youth through improved literacy, positive media, and tools for living. Visit www.bethestarur.org to find out how you can make a difference in our world. Everyone counts. That web address again is www.bethestarur.org. Be the star you are.org. Are you living your dreams? Want to create a life you love but don't know how to begin? Lifestyle coach and personal growth expert Cynthia Bryan has jump-started the lives and careers of clients for over two decades with her signature star-style consultations with personalized sessions by phone or in person. You'll turn your passions into profits. Visit www.cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-STAR. That's cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-7827. Cynthia Bryan is your guide on the side. www.cynthiabryan.com. CynthiaBryan.com. You can be the star you are. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take World Talk Radio on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Turn up the volume, grab a seat, and get ready to be challenged, inspired, and motivated to greatness. It's power party time on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with your hosts, the mother-daughter dynamic duo, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Well, thank you so much for staying with us. Every week here on Be the Star You Are, we bring you fascinating authors and experts in a variety of genre. And this week, we are delighted to feature a talented teen from Oklahoma who began her first book at age 11. Inspired by her grandmother, Michaela Durfee, has published The Blue Roses of Texas with a protagonist, Riley Tomlinson, who struggles to save her family, her ranch, and her heart. Welcome, Michaela, to Star Style. Be the star you are. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Well, you know, I'm very excited to hear about you and to read your book. You are such a talented young lady, and you've written a novel well beyond your years. Now, I know that you were born in Beaver, Oklahoma, and then you moved many places during your younger days. So give us a little bit of background, and then we definitely want to hear about your your grandmother, Lola Durfee, who inspired you so to start writing. So tell us about growing up and and really how you became to be a writer at such a young age. Well, I just, I've always loved school. I have loved learning. I'm just really active child. And I'm, um, I don't know, it, it was really cool, really, just moving to all these places and going, you know, seeing all these things. It because just, wow. you lived in you've been you lived in Kansas, you lived in Texas, Missouri, and now you're back in Oklahoma, right? Yes, ma'am. Okay, and and what year are you in school? I am a freshman this year. You're a freshman this year. Yes, ma'am. It's, I can't get over how young you are, and you wrote this book. Now, 
You said that you started two different books before you wrote The Blue Roses of Texas, and it was your grandmother, uh, Durfee, who really inspired you. In fact, I love it that you, you dedicated your book to her because she always, she loved reading and writing. Tell us about your grandmother. Well, people, they always said to know Lola was to love her, and you know, she was a hard woman to live with, they all said, but she was a just wonderful, strong woman. I really love her. I mean, it's sad because um, well, last year it was, I think, she was diagnosed with Alzheimer's or Alzheimer's. Oh, that's, that is sad. Yeah. And right now her condition is pretty much, you know, she's an empty shell. She don't remember who she is or the people that are taking care of her because it's my dad's um, sister and her, her husband that's taking care of her right now. Well, but the wonderful thing is that you have great memories of her because she loved reading to you and you love being read too. And so it was sort of your love of animals and nature and your mutual love of reading that made you this writer, it sounds like. Yeah. what? Let's talk about your book, The Blue Roses of Texas. From literally, Michaela, page one, you write, like a much older person. If you, if I did not know that you are, you're 14 now, is that right? Yes, ma'am. 14. All right. You're only 14 and you're a published writer. Yeah, I would have not thought that this was written by a 14-year-old. I would have thought that you were definite, definitely in your 30s. How did you become such a, great, a really great writer? You have, your characters are well-developed. Your sentence structure is is so excellent. Tell us your secret. I just, I've always had this ability. I don't know why or how I got it, but I've always been able to place myself into other people's positions and their lives really, really well. And I've able, you know, to feel things that them themselves most of the time won't even say. And, you know, of course, then I got the crazy imagination with stories. And at the most random times, I like, let's say I'll be driving down the road and all of a sudden, I'll get this idea. And then I was like, and I think, oh, my gosh, I got to write this. And that's yeah, how this you, one worked out. <laughs> you, yeah, you probably have to immediately uh, write it down. Well, the story, we have this very, very strong young lady, Riley Tomlinson, who is the protagonist in this. And as you say, she has been kind of to hell and back, and she's living to tell the story. Where did your story come from? I mean, you, ha you have the settings in England. You have the settings in a ranch in Texas. There is the, the evil, you know, Mr. Black. There's the love interest. There's the ranch hands, the mother who was the alcoholic. I mean, you have many different characters Tell us about developing, and of course, we don't want to give away the story, So, but tell us about how you developed each of these, and did they just inhabit your mind and come forward? That It just fascinates me. Well, there's a lot of characters in my life, a lot of people that I know, you know, and, and I grew up and, you know, um, how could I put it? Uh, anyway, it's just a very colorful childhood. That's it. I was going to say you had to have had a colorful childhood to know to at fourteen to and you said you started writing at eleven to write these kinds of characters that have very very full backgrounds. I mean they're fully developed characters and each one is very different. Especially Riley, 
my goodness, by the age of 18, she's been to the, she's masqueraded as a boy and been in the Civil War. She's been uh, uh, sold into basically sex slavery as a prostitute in a saloon. She has uh, had a couple of, what, three miscarriages. She's running a ranch. Her, I mean, this is a really, this is big. Yeah. I was hoping to break away from the, you know, because you see it in movies and books, you know, the, the weak, you know, not very willful woman. I wanted to make a strong character that was memorable. No, and she's very, she is a strong character. Did you base her on anybody you know, or was it a, con, a com, you know, a compilation of aspects of people that you just wanted to put in there? Because she's a really, she's a really good person. I mean, she has more soul and heart than just about anybody you'd ever know. She's very compassionate and lovable and, and caring, yet she's firm and strong and doesn't, you know, doesn't give in. Mm-hmm. I take it, you know, just different little personality aspects from just many people that I've known and heard of, and I, put, I just put it all together into one character that I thought would be really good. Now, something that I really like is that the story is taking place in the 1860s, which is the time of the American Civil War. And I'm being a history major. I really, uh, that's a time period that definitely was full of, of rife. You know, it was a, it was a challenging time for America. What prompted you to set your story in that time? timeline are you a person who really enjoys history as well oh yeah history i i mean i love it it's it's fascinating to learn about the past and you know hear about these things that they did and and just their lives it's really cool well and but what was it about the civil war or the 1860s that made you decide that this is where your story was going to be set well there was like a lot of change back then and it was really hard times and I thought this would be good to have this you know strong woman here go through this and at this time you know I thought it would be really really well placed in there and really help and you know what I found interesting because I never thought about it till I read it in in your book and we're talking to teenage author Michaela Durfee her name is spelled M-A-K-A-Y-L-A. That's such a beautiful name, by the way. Durfee. <laughs> it's just beautiful. And her book is The Blue Roses of Texas. Brand new book. It's available at authorhouse.com, The Blue Roses of Texas. And I thought what was fascinating was the fact that we have this brother and sister after losing their parents, basically, that uh, that the female character in Riley decides to dress like a boy and actually go to war with her brother. And it made mm-hmm. me wonder, is it based on any historical fact? I imagine that happened. I, I'd never thought about it before. Yes. I, I'm only a freshman. I don't know my history that well, but I do know that in a lot of wars, a lot of women, they went and they would go and dress as men to go fight. Well, I know that, that in uh, in the times of the pirates, you know, that w- women were never allowed on the ships, but there were many women pirates, and they did exactly what Riley did. They dressed and acted like men, 
and they fought like men and they killed like men. <laughs> and sometimes they were more brutal than the men. Yes, so I feel it. I think that's probably true. So what are your expectations for the Blue Roses of Texas? What what do you have in mind for it? And did you have you have like a goal that you set for this book or is it going to be a series? Tell us a little bit more about what your your feelings are about the Blue Roses of Texas. Well, this book means a lot to me, of course, you know, because it's my first book. <laughs> but I really, what I want is this one to really get out to the people and really try to connect with them in some form or fashion and, you know, really try to get them to, to pull them in, build a platform for myself pretty much. And I want them to read this and say, oh, my gosh, I have to read more of this person's writing. You know, because well, I, 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 love, I love sharing stories. And I imagine you have a lot of stories inside your head and inside your heart. Because this, one, this story, to me, is very heart-driven. And by that I mean is I, it's like every page has a lot of feeling. And when I read a book, I like to picture the book like a movie. And I could see Blue Roses of Texas being a movie. Oh, thank you. Did I mean? How, did you when you read it or when you wrote it? Tell us your process. Did uh, did different chapters come at different times, or did the characters just come alive for you and kind of write themselves? I mean, did did you outline it? Tell us how you went about it, because this is a. It's a very in-depth, and, it, and it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful, I can't believe it's a first book, and again, that you're only 14. It's just very well-developed. Well, I do not outline. I have never done that. Like, in school, when they made us outline stories, I hated every part of it. <laughs> I've always hated it. <laughs> yeah, I, I would agree with you. I'm not good at outlining either. I'd rather write the story. Yeah. But they did a little bit of both. The thing with me, when I ride, it's more of like a spur of a moment thing. Like, I don't know, it's really complicated. When I, like, I really, I get into it. Like, there's been points, Cynthia, where, like, in this, like, as I'm riding, I'm crying in, this, in real life. It's, I really get into it. So are, are you saying, Michaela, that as you're writing the character, I mean, let's take Harlan, for example. I really love Harlan. He's just such a good man. <laughs> so as you're writing this character, Harlan, does he, does the, his, his personality and his warmth, and does it just unfold naturally? Does it just sort of come to you the way you feel he, he needs to be, be or... Or do you have to struggle at all with it? I don't really have to struggle. It just—it just, all just kind of falls into place. Once I have the idea, I just I start typing it. It falls into place naturally. Well, it seems that since you put it on a ranch in Texas and you spent time in Texas, and you are one of your hobbies—you love horseback riding, right? I mean, you are an outdoor person. You—you you like to be in nature. You like taking walks. You love animals. This seemed like the perfect spot to to place, you know, these characters on this ranch. So, did you have experience growing up on a ranch or know people in uh, on a ranch in Texas? Oh, oh, yes. My dad, he he's a jack of all trades, master of none kind of guy. Mhm. And he 
for he all he wanted to do, and I have the same urge. You know, when I get older, I want to have a ranch out in Wyoming. Oh. Always, yes, he's always been a cowboy at heart. And, and when he was younger, before he realized, you know, that, you know, it takes money to make things go around, he just played cowboy. Oh, Like, he went from ranch to ranch. He did that as long as he could with my mother because he was 18 when they were married and she was 16. And they just went from ranch to ranch. I think it's, it's kind of like, oh, it's cute. Like a love story, almost. That is a love story. So together, they worked on ranches. Was it throughout Texas and Oklahoma and that whole area? Uh, for the longest time, I think they were in New Mexico. They were in the Panhandle. They went to the Panhandle, Oklahoma for a while, too. It was about five years after they married, they had me. I was my mother's birthday present. Oh, I I like that. I like the birthday scene that you have in here, too, by the way. Well, there's many, many things. And, again, I don't want to give away the story because we want people to go out and buy the book and to read The Blue Roses of Texas. But the good thing is 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 the fact that we it, the story gives us the optimism that despite what we go through in life and all the hardships that we go through in life, we can find happiness and we can find love again if we're open enough. Is that a message that you wanted to get out there? It's part of it, yes. If, if I can just help anyone, touch them, even if it's through fiction, it's worth it. Exactly. Well, and also the title, do you want to talk about the title of your book? Because everyone always, you know, there's that song, The Yellow Rose of Texas, da-da-da. So, and you, of course, you have the blue rose, and you want them to get along. So, do you have a, a do you want to share why you came up with this title? Well, in the story, it has a lot, I don't remember exactly, but roses, there's different, each color represents a cert, has a certain meaning to it. And blue, it's um, like a rare and it's beautiful and impossible, pretty much, because blue roses don't actually exist except for, I think, in the mountains where it's really cold. I don't remember exactly. And so I took that because Riley, you know, she is a certain kind of woman. You know, you, there's not many like her. And as for the other character, who winds up being her husband, he, you know, also is pretty hard to find. And so they are the two roses of Texas. And so this is so the whole idea is that blue and yellow go together. Yes, sort of. (laughs) Sort of. Are that any, that in other words, you can be, you, even the rarities in life, you get to go together. So what are you working on now? What's next for, for Michaela? Well, I am working on a series now, and I have already wrote the first one, actually. It's, it is definitely a novel. It's 300-something pages. It's, it's not nothing like this one. It's, it's more modern. It's uh, kind of an action-adventure, almost like conspiracy. It's got a little bit of that in there. It's romance. I mean, it's exciting, and that one I really hope will be a movie. It's so exciting. I'm so for it. Do you want us to tell it what is the name of that one or can we say it yet? We can say it. The first one um, it is called Carrying Sorrows. That is the first one. <laughs> okay. Well, 
We are at the end of our time, so we want people to go and check out the Blue Roses of Texas. Is the best place for them to go, is that the website at Author House? Is that correct? If they go to AuthorHouse.com. And and is it going to be on Amazon as well? Yes, it is on Amazon.com. It is on Barnes & Noble Online. And it's on, yeah, of course, I'm on Author House. And, it's and also, Author, House. Author House has a hotline, too. Okay, so I think so. Go to Amazon.com, AuthorHouse.com, or you can go to Barnes and Noble online. The name of the book is The Blue Roses of Texas. The author is Michaela Durfee, and just be looking for her name, D-U-R-F-Y. This is just the beginning F-E-Y. of a great F-E-Y. This is just the beginning of a great, great career for this young writer. So, Michaela, thank you so much for being here with us. You are thank you're you. really amazing. You're just amazing. And I know that we're going to be reading many, many other books from you. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. Honor well, <laughs> congratulations to Michaela Durfee. And thank you all for listening. And thanks to my World Talk Radio Voice America production team for making this and every broadcast a stellar broadcast. Remember that no one has ever walked on this earth with your exact combination of inborn and acquired strengths and weaknesses and skills and talents and experiences. You are one of a kind. You are you. And you have the power to love yourself and be the person you were meant to be and become the star of your own life. You, too, could be an author just like Michaela. Our aim is to encourage, inspire, inform, and motivate you. And until we celebrate next week, read a book this uh, read a book. It's like a garden in your pocket. Pick up a copy of The Blue Roses of Texas. My name is Cynthia Bryan. I am delighted to be your host and producer. And from Star Style and all of us at Be The Star You Are, we thank you. And we want you to have a great week. Be The Star You Are. Thanks for listening. Thank you for being part of our star galaxy on today's episode of Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We hope you've enjoyed the commentary and are motivated to dream big, overcome obstacles, and realize your potential. For further information, visit www.starstyleradio.com. Join our power party next week right here on World Talk Radio as Cynthia Bryan, Heather Brittany, and the pioneers of the planet pump up the energy with positive, uplifting, life-changing radio. Until then... Be the star you are. You.